Hi, I'm Kira. And I'm Sarah. And And you're you're listening to Decom Mission. My my sound is going to be janky today because I have to record with my closet door open because uh, we sprayed it with like bug spray stuff because we had bed bugs and we just wanted to be like doubly sure and uh and now you're sitting in a closet and don't want (laughs) to suffocate yourself with the smell of bug spray yeah so my door is slightly ajar my cat has been meowing a lot so i might have some background barely have anything in your closet to muffle sound still yeah from the looks of it that's been okay. My my voice, at least from what I've been able to tell during editing, just sounds kind kind of tinny and like thin. But soon, soon, soon <laughs> you'll be soon. able to use your closet for normal things again. Yeah, because we had a note from our uh, housing company that they're gone from the building, and <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, they sure. packed up and left. <laughs> I mean, we've done. We've been really diligent. We've been living out of plastic bags and washing everything and on high and all sorts of stuff. And it's just like, I would like it to be over. Please, I would like to be done. Yeah, so stressful. We haven't seen one in weeks, but it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Since your birthday. Yeah, since my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) My God. What a nice thing to wake up to. (laughs) So we showed that one to the exterminator when he came back because he came back and. Even if he had sprayed anyone's apartment, he came back again. Uh, and he was like, because it looked so sick. It was like transparent. Yeah. Uh, and I've never seen one like, in person, but I can imagine that. <laughs> well, they're brown. They're like brownish red. Yeah. And he, we showed him that one. He was like, oh, that one's really young and also like definitely fought its way through the spray. Mm. And that's why it looks like that. <laughs> it really tried to survive. Yeah. Um. But yeah, what a birthday to have about a month ago. But it was fine because I I had a good birthday besides that. Good. <laughs> it went uphill from that <laughs> that way that you woke up. It did very much so, yeah. Speaking of uh things getting better, this movie was much better than the last one we watched, which is great. It was. I think you and I are going to have very different feelings on this movie, though, because I watched the show, mm-hmm. and I don't think that this movie lives up to the show. I think it's too fanservice-y and self-referential, and it doesn't have a good enough script. <laughs> yeah, it probably will be different, because I thought it was pretty good, and I didn't catch any of the references to the show yeah. because I've never seen it. That's not That's a lie. I have seen it, because I think when we'd go to Disney, we'd come back at the end of the day, and you would normally turn Phineas and Ferb on, but I don't remember. Or what is it? We... Well, I watched it somewhere. I'm not it was sure, really like when we went, when we went to Disney, something. it wasn't, like... The streaming processes weren't as easy, and in the hotels, we couldn't stream to the TV. Well, they had Disney Channel on, though. Yeah, but Disney Channel, when we would come back, would be, like, all the live-action stuff. I do vividly remember having Mickey cartoons The Mickey cartoons, yeah. Yeah. That we started watching in, like, 2014, 2015. I don't remember when Yeah, when, like, the newer version came out of it. Yeah. But I know I've seen some episodes here and there of Phineas and Ferb. I just 
don't yeah. remember them. <laughs> so You, I'm pretty sure we watched some of it because one of our friends in high school really, really liked it. She's the reason that I started watching it. So I'm pretty sure you were probably there for at least one or two of those. Yeah, probably. In my basement, in my old house. But yeah, but this week we, we watched Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> across the, the movie Across the Second Dimension. Cause there's, yeah, apparently like, there's many Phineas and well, Ferb movies. So there's Phineas and Ferb, the movie Candace Against the Universe, which was the first Disney Plus original movie, which came out in, like, 2020. Um, And I don't know what that one's about, and I haven't watched it. They do have also a bunch of, like, specials, like, within the show, too. Um, Like, I know I've seen a bunch of those just because they're mixed in with the actual episodes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, this one is Across the Second Dimension, and this one and, came out 2011? Yeah. Which, is that the end of the show? Or is, is the show still going? I guess I don't even know. The show went to like 2016, 20, 2015, 2016, I want to say. Okay. So this it is definitely a series. <laughs> it was definitely after I graduated high school, which I graduated in 2011. I'm seeing when I went to. 15, 2015. Ah, okay. Premiered in 2008. 20, 20, 20, 20, <laughs> uh and went through 2015 which is very very long yeah that's long for a, a disney show it was good uh, it was a really good show i still really enjoyed it yeah like, i should I really... go back and watch the show it's like impossible where i'm like i should go back and actually watch the show now i rewatch the show actually a lot I, t- I turn it on when i need something that's just kind of fun and mindless because it's very funny and it's the songs in it are catchy and it's it, it's it's a good show i really like it so like i've i've put it on in in recent history i i wish i could put my finger on more why i was just kind of like this 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 movie is fine it just felt it really did just kind of feel like some executive was like oh yeah so we want the we want to just show a bunch of stuff that happened already in the show. Make sure that you reference the show. We got to make sure we get people interested in the show. And it's like you know you can get people interested in the show by just having the movie with the characters and things that happen, right? Yeah, that's true. I will say also I'm kind of over the whole multiverse like thing that's going on with a lot of yeah, movies but this right happened now, in but, 2011. But I was just gonna say, but <laughs> this was like before that. that. No, I'm not blaming it. Like I'm saying, like watching it now after having yeah, yeah, like watched yeah. so many things lately. But I do get this was, I mean, obviously not the first to do it, but like towards the beginning, back in 2011. So well, it was it was substantially before this huge craze because yeah. I mean the huge craze has really only been in the last year where it's just been completely oversaturated. I mean, yeah, there was. The first Spider-Verse movie was a couple years ago or a few years ago, but it was also, it was a multiverse, but it took place in one universe. Mm-hmm. So it's a little different, but their sequel is coming out in this fall and it's all about going to the different universes. So that's going to be another one. I I have higher hopes for that one. I think that it'll be able to stand on its own feet, but it's, it is a very oversaturated market. And I yeah. just, I I do agree. I will say that, unfortunately, that definitely is something that it has against it through no fault of its own. Right. It's just, I don't know, unfortunate test of time where, like you said, it's just I can't, I now. Can't and we hold can't, it against it, though, I know, in the we score, can't though. Hold, yeah, we, I won't hold that against it in the score either. It's just unfortunate 
timing watching it now with all the stuff. And that's my fault for not having watched it earlier. I don't think it's your fault for not having watched it earlier. I think it's just, I mean, it is a fault of time. But I just, I can't put it against its word because that's yeah. not something that's necessarily going to perpetuate throughout time. There, I The test of time is a finicky category to begin with, but I think there are things that really show its date. And I don't think this is actually something that shows how dated it is. I think it actually shows kind of the opposite, where it's almost like it had its finger on the pulse before the pulse was really, you know, feelable by the public. So, but that's just my thought. Anyway, so the... <laughs> Blurb for this one is, it's TVG, it's 2011, it's an hour 20, it's science fiction, comedy, animation, action-adventure, and musical. Sure. Science fiction and action-adventure, I think that they probably should have just picked one, and I probably would have picked just action-adventure. Action-adventure, yeah. Yeah. But, alright, so Phineas and Ferb finally discover that their beloved platypus Perry is a real secret agent. They join him on a grand adventure that blasts them to another dimension, where a truly evil Dr. Doofenshmirtz has joined forces with Platyborg to rule over an alternate tri-state area. Now the gang must face Dr. Doofenshmirtz and play dimensional hopscotch to make it back home. That's not really what happens. That's taking some liberties. Yeah. <laughs> What's the small blurb? Uh, the small blurb is just Phineas and Ferb jump dimensions and learn Perry is a s- real secret agent. That's better. As That's opposed so much to better. a fake secret agent. So, Platyborg is in the movie. You can see him when you click on the on the movie. You can mm-hmm. see that he's he's in the movie. He's, it's very obvious. It's not a major part of the movie. No. It, he's very, very minor. I wish it was more major. Honestly, I the fa- ha- I like the idea that Doofenshmirtz isn't even the villain. It's Platyborg. It's something that he made. It's, yeah. He's the major villain. And Doofenshmirtz is his sidekick. That would have been so much more interesting than just oh, Doofenshmirtz is is more evil in this in this universe, and everyone is is okay. Okay, okay. I'm getting ahead of myself. So Perry, it's basically the start of the movie. It's like a normal start where they're like, "What are we gonna do today?" And then Perry goes. He's trying to go to stop Doofenshmirtz, but then he he his little ship collides with a little ship that Phineas and Ferb made, and they go flying across the way. And Phineas and Ferb end up at Dr. Stupishmertz. They help him fix his multiverse thing. And then they all go to this other universe where there's a more evil Dr. Stupishmertz who's evil because he lost this toy. And it's very funny because even the, like, OG Doofenshmirtz is like, I still have that toy. That's that's what threw you over the edge is right. this toy. Like, I've been through all this stuff and you that's- are this evil because you lost a train toy. <laughs> See, that's funny. That was a smart move of referencing referencing the, the past things that had happened in the show because it talks about the time he was a, a garden gnome and how he was raised by ocelots, how his parents weren't there at his birth. However, his parents not being there at his birth is one of the funniest things they ever did in the show, and they didn't reference it. In, they referenced it first, as opposed to referencing it last, or maybe they referenced it last, but it was still not a good like punch. Yeah, where it should have been just like he should have even been like. Also, the fact that he was like, "I've done this and I've done that." If they were the same person, both of them wouldn't have had their parents be there at their birth. 
Yeah, that's so true. it's like I don't think I even caught that before. Like Paris not being there at your birth, like like you said, it wasn't a big it, punch. I think it just flew so over funny. my head. I was like, oh, <laughs> it's so funny. That is really funny. And, yeah, and so I think there was just some punchiness that the show has that the movie didn't because it was just copying jokes from its show, and it was just kind of interesting. Yeah. And I, I thought I, most, like, the ones I did catch I thought were really funny because I've never heard yeah. them before. Yeah. They're very good jokes, but you hear them, I mean, I've, I've heard them a lot, but it's yeah. like, also, if you hear them again, it's like, oh, yeah, that was that was funny when it happened. Yeah. But anyway, so we learned that this dude, Richard Burtz, has made, pla- pa- pa- has made Perry into Platyborg, a cyborg Perry. Uh, the boys learn that Perry is a secret agent, and instead of being, I think this is a weird choice based on phineas and who he is as a character having him be super mad and upset at perry he's like perry i can't believe you hid this from us how dare you that's not what phineas would have done phineas would have been like oh my god you're a secret agent that's so cool tell me about it i want to learn what you do yeah like that was so weird and i think that's actually what the main thing is is it, it felt like this movie was written by people who didn't read, not read, watch or write the show. Mm-hmm. It felt like they brought people in and they were like, oh, here's a short breakdown of what the characters are. Here, write a movie about them. Phineas felt really weird. Ferb felt the same because Ferb is Ferb and he doesn't talk. Doofenshmirtz felt fine. I think there was a little bit of punchiness mi- missing from him. Uh... Candace, there was this, like, alternate universe Candace we'll get to in a minute, but it's, like, the original canvas was not good until the last act of the movie. Uh, But anyway, I digress. So moving on, they learn that he's a secret agent, and then they meet their family in this other universe, and they learn that Phineas and Ferb there are really lame and don't do anything. And it's because Candace is, like, the head of this rebellion against Doofenshmirtz, and she's, like, trying to protect them. And so they team up with that rebellion and all of their friends are, of course, a part of that rebellion as well. Other Candace makes her way into this second universe and then the, the then they go, but I don't even remember. Like, I, the, the, the last act of this movie is quite confusing. Um, and they, they basically, they go back to the original universe uh, because second Doofenshmirtz is trying to take it over. They foil his plans. But it, the thing about Candace that's really funny in this part is that she learns, she's like, oh my god, there's some superior force that is keeping mom from finding out that the boys are doing something bad, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I can solve all this if I just get mom to come outside and look. Yeah. And it does, it does work. <laughs> Which is really funny. And that's a very good meta look at the show. Yeah. Because that's a lot of the reason that I like this show is how meta it is, how self-aware it is. And I think there's a lot of that awareness that they didn't carry over into this movie specifically, where it's there, but it's not awareness. It's, like I said, it's referential. It's mm-hmm oh, we know that this happened, but it's not, oh, this is happening because of this. It was, it was, and I know that's really minute. It's not like I'm going to score it super duper low because of that, but it was just kind of one of those things where I was like, it's not, you You did a little bit of a sidestep here. But I will be perfectly honest, I do not remember how they forget that Perry is a secret agent. Because there's like a whole contract or something that, or there's a pamphlet, brochure, or whatever, that they're oh, supposed yeah, to read how that it, tells them. <laughs> yeah. that tells so you them figure out your pet is a secret agent. <laughs> Yeah, and and 
how did they get around it? Was there like some amnesia thing? I don't remember. I don't. Honestly, I don't remember either. There's some like apparently button. it worked on us too. <laughs> there's some button. I mean, there's some Dave Sex Machina button that they press. That's like, yeah, I knew. Forget that Harry's a secret agent. Which in the show they don't know, and they never, and they they never figure out as far as I remember. Except Stacy, Candace's friend, does find out, and so she knows the whole the whole oh, time. Like interesting. Not well. I, I guess don't know, I don't remember I say, when I guess she they figures did it have out. To- I guess they did have to figure out a way to do that then in this movie, since it's in the middle of the series. Unless they were going to go through. Well, it's with, like, like Wizards of Waverly Place. I mean, they yeah, did the same yeah. thing where they just went bye. Yeah, but we're going to go back remember... to how everyone was before the movie. Well, I don't remember when Stacy figures it out. I I think it was. I don't know if it was before this or after this, but Stacy's like the only person who consistently knows, and they like keep that going that she knows because she's not their owner, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. There's also a lot of fun. In the show, there's a lot of characters that didn't get a, didn't really get any screen time that are in the show, or they didn't get enough screen time. Like for example, my favorite character in the entire show is Buford, who did get quite a bit of screen time. Yeah. So I'm not gonna say he Buford. Was, I was gonna say I didn't even remember his name, but I remember thinking that he was really funny. He's and then really you funny. mentioned he was your favorite. I'm like, I can see that because he's great. <laughs> so Buford is their friend who's the quote unquote bully, and he is. He does like stereotypical like bully stuff. He like bullies. Uh, uh, Val- Valjeet, but it's like he he doesn't really act like a bully. He kind of is just like this really geeky guy who's just like, what? And I can like this too. And it's just like, it's really funny. And then Isabella is kind of nothing in this movie, which is sad because she's very fun and a really good uh, side character in the show. I'm not a huge fan of Valjeet. I think that Valjeet is... is I think he's an interesting counterpart to, like, Phineas and Fur because they're also very smart. And so he's very nervous about how smart he is versus them being like, oh, we're just, we just do whatever we want. But in the movie, they didn't really know what to do with him either. And then they had Norm, who's Doofenshmirtz's big robot man. And they didn't know what to do with him in the, sh- in the movie, but he's really funny in the show. They didn't even show... Which this is poss- possibly because they couldn't get Alice and Janney. But Alice and Janney plays Doofenshmirtz's ex-wife... And then, uh... They uh, referenced her. I know yeah, that. They when, when he's trying to get into his building and ringing his neighbor. I yeah. I think they brought her up. So she's really funny. And they have, like, a really good relationship in the in the show, which is great. Like, it's it's, to- it's a really healthy way to look at, like, co-parenting. Because they also have his daughter, Vanessa, who is played by the same girl who... She was Marceline in uh, Adventure Time. But besides that, she played, uh the in love actually she played the girl who sang who sang i don't want a lot for christmas um who incidentally the kid who played sam thomas Brody sangster is the guy who played ferb in the show so they and ferb like likes vanessa in the show and so it's very funny it's that a very funny, funny like oh hey they were in that movie together when they were both like 11 yeah oh <laughs> Yeah, it's very funny. It's a very cute little tidbit. Also, fun fact. Okay, so the woman who plays the mom uh, is uh, Caroline Ray, Rhea, I can never pronounce, remember how to pronounce her name, who was in Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire and Sabrina the Teenage Witch as oh, Aunt Hilda. Okay, yeah. Um, And then the guy who plays the dad, uh, Richard, what is his last name? Richard. You got me to look it up? No, I'm looking it up. Okay. Because I couldn't remember it last time either. Uh, this is, uh, this is the best way to look it up. Uh, 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 uh. 
He's got a really like boring generic name. O'Brien. So Bridget O'Brien plays their dad. And Richard O'Brien is, uh, I say really boring, even though it's a very common Irish name. Yeah. Says <laughs> me, the Irish person. Um, he was the creator and composer and lyricist and everything for the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I think is just a really goofy thing that he decided to do yeah. this show yeah. as well. <laughs> which, like, love and appreciation. I love it. He does a great job. There's this really great episode in the first few seasons where he... <laughs> He works at a museum or he works like he's like a curator or like they oh no, they own an antique store. That's what it is. Okay. And he's listening to this thing about fossils. And he keeps just going, fossils. Dun, dun, dun. And he's like got these headphones on. It's like a post-credits thing. And then he re- rewards it and he's like, fossils. Dun, dun, dun. And it's really funny. And it it's like it I don't know why it's so funny to me, but it just really is. See, now but, I feel like I need to, I do need to go back and watch the show, and I probably will, because it'd be interesting, once I figure out my scores for this movie, to watch the show and then, like, see if I still feel the same way. If I feel more like you, where I'm like, mm. uh, it just doesn't live up to the series, or, like, it's, like, the tie-ins to the series. But we'll see. I, I doubt you will. I think, I think I'm being hypercritical of it. Like, I'm aware enough to know that that's probably what's happening. But I, I, I think there was also this really strong hope from me Mm -hmm. that after the proud family movie which was such a disappointment that this would just be like oh yes breath of of fresh air like we're back it's all good and it was kind of just like it was just kind of meh to me which was upsetting because of i really really like this show like i i i think this show is extremely clever and extremely fun for you know a premise that really isn't super unique i mean it's about these kids who make stuff and their sister's trying to you know rat them out that's really not that interesting but the way the personalities they gave the show overall the characters the songs are fun like there's just a lot of love in this show mm-hmm. and it was especially it was during a time when cartoons were kind of finding their footing and they didn't know what they were doing and it was you know after a bunch of really you know really strong shows from our childhood had ended like substantially after like five years after don't get me wrong But there was this kind of late 2000s era of just, like, what are cartoons doing right now? Because Nickelodeon had a bunch of shows that were, like, why? Yep. And then... I do remember that. Because that was after the point of me, like, really watching cartoons. But that was was when Gina was But that was when Gina was watching them. And I would watch some of them and be like... They were bad. What what are these? (laughs) No, they were really, really bad. And then in, like, the early mid-2010s there was another resurgence of really good cartoons and that one is still going today like there's still a lot of really good cartoons today there's been some ups and downs but there was a desert after our kind of renaissance of the 90s and early 2000s which yeah. even my mother will say was really a renaissance of car- of cartoons because because in the 60s there was the almost like creation of television cartoons because there was Hanna-Barbera was really popular that was when you know Scooby-Doo first came out and the Flintstones and all of that good stuff yeah and then the 70s they were kind of you know petering off and then the 80s was this you know they were trying to make everything look like a real person or like just based off of uh, you know, it was all advertisements like Strawberry Shortcake, the show, Rainbow Bright, the show, like all of these things that were just toys that they wanted to sell. Futurama has a, has a really, really great uh, episode all about that. It's very funny. Um, and then in the 90s, 
Nickelodeon came into light, which fascinating fact about Nickelodeon, but Nickelodeon was really brought into the spotlight because parents needed something for kids to watch while everything else was showing the O.J. Simpson trial because it had completely overtaken oh, all of television. In- interesting. Okay, it's very I didn't funny. Know that. It's very interesting. Um, there's a there's a lot of really great information about that, like on the internet. Yeah. So I'm not I was gonna say, I would watch a documentary about that. I'm sure there's one out there. I'll try to find it. I'm pretty sure that Defunct Land talks about it, but I don't remember. Um, but Nickelodeon came into into prowess then. Cartoon Network got its footing coming out of Warner Brothers. Um, Disney Channel was, you know, really starting up. And so there was so much potential that it all, you know, bubbled up to the surface and there was this, you know, renaissance of cartoons and all sorts of amazing cartoons and really unique cartoons came out in the 90s and early 2000s. Don't get me wrong, there was still some crap. I don't know why people still like Ren and Stimpy. The guy who created it is a very well-known groomer and disgusting, you know, pedophile and molester. I remember seeing clips from that. I'm like, I, there was nothing about the concept of that show that drew me in. I I can't stand Ren and Stimpy. I can't stand it. I loved Rocco's Modern Life. And they're very, very similar. Like, the thing is, that era of Nickelodeon cartoons, I actually really liked. Because I liked Cat Dog. Mm -hmm. And for some reason that my mother will not understand. But I liked Cat Dog. I liked, you know, Rocco's Modern Life. I liked Ariel Monsters. I liked Angry Beavers. You know, I liked Invader Zim. And those were all really weird, grotesque shows. And then on Cartoon Network, you had, you know, Cow and Chicken and I Am Weasel. And those shows that were also the same kind of like, why are they so ugly, but I cannot look away? (laughs) And that kind of ugliness, there are shows that have tried to do that again and some have been more successful than others. But then there's this new this new school of cartoons, genuinely, because it's referred to as the CalArts style of cartoons. Because there is this cartoon design that is perpetuated within the CalArts school that a lot of creators come out of because it's a very good school. And a lot of cartoons look very similar because it's got this quote-unquote CalArts style. And so now there's that repeated style that's around... It's a very fascinating thing. Uh, I really like animation, in case people have not been able to tell by my little history lesson that I'm talking about right now. Yeah. And you know, obviously, way much, way more than I do about animation. So I'm just sitting here like, oh, yeah, I remember that show, but I don't know. It's not useful information at all. It's fun information, though. I don't even know hardly any cartoons that are on nowadays. Like, I know Bluey is a thing. And uh, what's that other one with the... The, like, firefighter dogs or something. Oh, Paw Patrol? Well, those, yeah. are, those are preschool. That's preschool okay. cartoons. Those are different. That is, and that's say, not like, that they're that's, bad. That's, like, the only cartoons I know is because I have friends who have young children. So I've seen, yeah. like, those on TV, but I couldn't tell you, like... There's... Well, what's interesting right now is that children's programming is trying to find its footing now with streaming and whether they even are going to keep things on, you know, cable TV. So Cartoon Network right now, I mean, they only have like three shows that are actually airing on cable that are new and they're not are not even new, but they're there's Craig of the Creek and the Wee Baby Bears, Wee Bear Bears spinoff and like something else I don't even remember. But they're all they're they're not new. They're all stuff that's been there for a while. But they have new stuff that's on HBO Max, like Jellystone, the guy who made Chowder which was another one of the uh, late 2000s shows that is amazing. 
jelly uh, stone? Is that related to Yogi Bear? Or is it just... Yes, it is. Oh, so okay. It I'm is... like, Jellystone Park? <laughs> so Jellystone is a... So, it's so good. Uh, it's the guy, so the guy who made Chowder, who is really good at, like, meta jokes and very adult humor that is not gross-out humor. It's, like, it's, it's, it's able to be appreciated by both adults and children, is more what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Made this... What if all of the Hanna-Barbera characters were in in one town called Jellystone? And so you've got Yogi and Boo Boo and Cindy Bear are all work at a hospital. And then a Huckleberry Hound is the mayor. And um, uh, Snagglepuss is like the celebrity of the town. And it's it's very, very fun. Uh, and they've tweaked like a couple of the not it. so great. They've tweaked a couple of the not so great characters to be... Better. less offensive which yeah. is good well one of them they tweaked they didn't do a good job and she's like the worst character in the entire show but still not offensive yeah i should check that out it's probably on hbo max though is that what you said it is on hbo max yeah. get my dad's <laughs> login you can uh, access it it's not hard i should okay gina's girlfriend also has hbo and she said that she'd give hers to me too i don't know i just always feel bad like watching things on other people's accounts because you can make your own account on hbo yeah oh we have our own we use we you have your own profile (laughs) i've told you this (laughs) multiple times i know i know (laughs) i also just don't really like hbo as a platform because the casting to my tv is crap and they don't have it on apple tv as well on my version of apple tv so you have to cast it from Mm. your phone and it like always stops casting and then you have to start it back over see i've had i've never had that problem with hbo max hbo max is actually the platform that up until like this week i've been the most advocate i've been i've been the biggest advocate for because i think that it is the best ui and the best uh material and it works really well with like my i use the google home chromecast so i can either just play it straight through the tv like uh, with my remote or i can cast through the tv and it works well Hmm. um but yeah Yeah, i I, guess it just depends on your devices that you use but like every other app works so well and then that one is just crap for me so i tend the hbo max or the hbo max app the what hbo or hbo max hbo max is Mm. They're a different. I know at one point there was like HBO Max. There was HBO, HBO Max, and HBO and Go, and then there was well, there there was. I don't know if they still use it. But there was like an HBO specific app, so I wasn't sure if that's what you were using. No, it was just the HBO Max. I know, I like I had a. Oh, it's still on my phone. The app is because I had a free trial for a while back when like Game of Thrones was on. Oh, that and might then, have also been why it wasn't casting well. <laughs> why? If it was a free trial, they were trying to. Oh, teacher. yeah, but then Noelle did give me her password to watch. Mm. What's annoying is that HBO Max, HBO itself, really, is just trying to destroy HBO Max. Like, in the last week, they just they said that they're basically going to be cutting, like, 90% of their programming because reasons. Uh, and it's Why? really bad because a lot of their programming is quite good, but they're going to keep all of the stuff that, of course, is just, you know, rehashes of... You know, in spinoffs and all that crap. Oh, yeah, so, their, yay. their new Game of Thrones spinoff that's coming out. I don't even know what it's called. I'm like, I'm something not... House of Dragons or something. Yeah, I mean, like, I hope it's good, but I don't even know if I'm going to watch it, so... I was talking to one of my coworkers, and we were talking about that show, the Lord of the Rings show, and something else that are just... 
oh the 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 star wars shows and we were mm-hmm. talking about those and i was like honestly i have the most hope for the game of thrones show for a couple of reasons one people were really disappointed with how the first show ended so they're yeah. going to be going in with maybe a little bit of like oh please oh please be good and i'm not a game of thrones fan i could i really am so apathetic about it but also they're not going to be getting more source material because George R. R. Martin is just kind of, you know, sitting on his tuchus and being like, I just I just have money now. It's fine. Yeah. Which is fine. It's his life. Whatever. And so people are really desperate because he is still alive. So people, like, this... If he wasn't alive, it would be like, okay, whatever. But, like, he's still alive. So there's still this, like, maybe, maybe. Yeah. But with... I wonder, do you know if he had any part in the show of... No clue. Like, I have done no research okay. on this I show. Should, I should probably know because I actually did watch game of thrones and i like it besides I watched the last the season first but three seasons i think i don't i watched up to the red wedding and then i was like oh, okay yeah, I'm done. I, that was a tough episode i feel like a lot of people probably dipped out after that one yeah i was just like oh, this is too much and then i just stopped yeah. um then the star wars ones are interesting but the thing is the star wars fandom overall is so particular about everything that it's just like everything is going to be a problem. And so it's just like, that fandom, I just basically I know. myself out of. I was like, I liked Star Wars, and now I'm just like, no, no, thank you. Goodbye. Yeah, and I still like, I haven't seen Obi-Wan. No. Or isn't there I another... watched The Mandalorian. I watched The Mandalorian. I liked it, but I also don't interact or, like, read anything with, like, the fandom people. So I just watch mm-hmm. it to enjoy it, and I don't listen to all the, like, nitpicky, like, I don't know every single, like, detail and lore it. behind Star Wars. I just watch it for enjoyment, and I like it. <laughs> I can't avoid it because of, you know, where I work. But also, I, yeah. I didn't watch The Mandalorian because of that one woman who is in it who's an absolutely disgusting mm-hmm. human being. Uh, hopefully she's not coming back, right? I don't know, because uh, people were like, no, she's coming back. And it's like, no, she was spreading really toxic information and telling people to go kill themselves. So yeah, maybe let's not. let's not bring her back. Yeah, but... um. And then the Lord of the Rings show I'm absolutely never touching because they basically just decided source material. Oh, that goes straight from the fire. Galadriel has a brother oh. now and he's the villain. Main overarching villain of the entire series of the Lord of the Rings made by Tolkien. Who cares? Galadriel's oh, no. brother. I was like really excited for that show. And honestly, oh, I'll, probably still, I'll probably still watch it just because I will consume anything with Lord of the Rings. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure it came out already. Did it? No. think so. Where was that one coming out on? Uh, Amazon. Amazon. That's the other reason I don't want to watch it. Uh, Amazon. Also, it's called Rings of Power. Who was like, yeah, that's the title we need to go with. That's so the one for us. Rings days. of Power. September 2nd it comes out. Oh, okay. There was like a Okay, I'm like, I, sure, I, I would have known, right? There was a, no, there was like a beta broadcast of it after Comic-Con in San Diego. So I thought that it, like the first few episodes had dropped. Yeah. House of the Dragon comes out on August 21st. That's coming up. That's one that's coming out in August. Okay. All right. But I mean, I don't like Game of Thrones, as I've said. Like, it's, again, I'm very apathetic about it. But it's the one that I have the lowest expectations for. And I don't mean that. Like, I have the lowest expectations of failure. Yeah. Because I can't say I have the highest expectations for it. Because it's not like my expectations are very high. Because everything is just capitalistic right now but anyway back to phineas and ferb <laughs> um 
I don't let's even remember start, what the we, last thing we were talking about with Phineas and Ferb was, but I don't yeah, know. We but can let's just, just jump into, into the something. test of time. We okay. were talking about the test of time earlier. I do think that this still holds up. I think that it holds up pretty well because there's nothing really, there's nothing really about it that makes it, you know, feel like it's from 2011. And yeah. Partially because it's a cartoon, but I, think, I mean, like, we've had other hold cartoons. Up, the jokes hold up, I think, and the animation holds up. Oh yeah, the animation is fine. It's yeah. like you no, know, it it holds up quite well. I would I would rate it quite high when it comes to test of time. It's not perfect by any means, but it's 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 pretty up there. Yeah. Um, it's definitely higher than both of our other animated movies so far. Yeah. Hmm. So what do I want to compare it to? Is the question. I think that's where I'm struggling. It's really hard to compare Test of Time for an animated one to a yeah live action. I'm thinking like an 8-5 because like it's still, like I said, I think I, I want to knock it down. The reason that I'm knocking it down a point is because the show holds up better. Yeah. And that's impressive, honestly. <laughs> so I would much rather people just watch the show yeah i'm debating if i even want to give it a nine since i haven't seen the show and i, I mean you can i'm not gonna go <laughs> it seems high but honestly it's well i guess we haven't watched the tangled movie yet but it's the tangled movie holds up this I've one seen the tangled movie you're right maybe movie eight, it's seven, like 45 five. maybe i'll like really one. give it just under the nine because i have a hunch that i might give the tangled one the nine why do you need to not what? Then give the Tangled one a nine. What does that have to do with you not giving this one a nine? Because I, well, like comparing them to each other, I think I might think that one holds up a little better. You can't assume what you're going to think in the future. I know, but just no, don't <laughs> do can, that. I can change that one. Like I can change this one when we do our next episode. I'm just. I think I'm. I think I'm confused because you can still give nine is not the highest score. It's not, but I. I don't know. Like I have a hunch I won't want to give it like a nine two five or a nine five because that's really high. This is just my brain. This is just my brain thinking. I understand, but I also want to urge you to maybe not preemptively grade something based on something you've never seen but i can give like i can change this in the next episode i know so yeah but i feel like like you would it would make more sense to knock it down than to give it something higher necessarily based on based on something that comes after i think being completely agnostic to the future because i mean there's other stuff that i could grade this off of that's going to be in the future like if i was like oh i want to grade this against genius well, yeah, it's but that's a, not an anime. I'm just thinking, like, this month. I don't, like, this is, I don't know. I, at this point, it's like, do I want to give it the nine level? Or, like, do I think it's on that level? Or do I think it's a little below? Not even, like, Tangled considered. I'm just like, is this, like, the nine level? I mean, you were pretty gung-ho about it being a nine I, until you said something about Tangled. <laughs> I wasn't, like, gung-ho about it. I'm just also looking at other things that I have right now. Like, Color of Friendship I have at holding up as a nine. And I'm like, does it... Color of Friendship is at a nine because it looks like crap and it's very dated. It feels it, that we took that point off because it feels like a 90s movie made about the 70s. <sighs> See, none. I have it in 875. Xenon also the same thing where it's like we gave it, we knocked it off because it still feels like a 90s representation of what 2050 
would look like, which I wish, I wish that's what 2050 would look like. Yeah. Okay. I think that's probably about all that I have in that range. Because we don't have a lot of movies that are up there for test of time. No, I mean, that's the other thing, is it's just like, you know, if we're also grading it on a curve, it's still much higher. Like I said, I'm knocking it off because I just feel like the show does a better job. I mean, looking at it from the Xenon angle, it, gets, it could be like an 875 for me, too. I just saw right on track, and I don't know, I was like, yeah, that's the same. Reasons? I don't know. And then I saw The Ultimate Christmas Present, where it was kind of the same thing, where it's like, this is a really good story. And this is a really good movie. And it's at an 8.5 because it holds up really well even due to the fact that it was from the 90s or the early 2000s or whatever. And I was like, yeah, that works. Yeah. Okay. I will just I will just put it at a 9. And then we'll see what next week brings. Yeah. I just know our track record is we're much, 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 much more likely to knock things down to boost them back up. Yeah, I know. I, I think I've done both before. I'm kind of all over the you, place where I like raise have, things up and I lower things. You have, but it's still a much higher ratio across the board of us knocking things down. Yeah. So I, I'm trying. I think what I'm trying to say is that I would much rather give something the benefit of the doubt and then knock it down later because I just and that's honestly it, it's kind of in the mentality of like there is a different mentality in humans that we we you know of like winning versus losing where it feels better to lose it feels it feels better it feels worse to lose than it does better to win mm-hmm. so knocking things down is easier um, uh, moral i don't know i don't know what the moral is for this movie genuinely like i and while we were watching the movie i was like okay I can try and focus on the moral i guess it's like you know things aren't you know and people aren't always what they pretend to be i don't know the you you gotta be grateful for what you have uh you know the butterfly effect basically you know things aren't always what they seem you know the smallest things can alter your own future or whatever universe yeah yeah i like those some other thoughts i had were like something along the lines of working together with the two different like Mm. universes and the characters from each having to work together to solve the problem Mm -hmm. something about kindness always wins and then something about even villains have a heart sometimes when they come across an even worse villain yeah i think i think there's like the good good always conquers evil type thing it's like the good it's like the old yeah good will always win out in the end yeah which i think we have a moral somewhere that's like good conquers evil I we don't have a good conquers evil one yeah i don't remember what it yep. is and i think that's part of the reason that i was struggling with this movie is i was like what is the point of this movie yeah <laughs> i think it was getting towards the end and i'm like what are they going for in this movie Hmm. but then like when they were wrapping things up you could tell like they were going for something i just I found the movie. I found the good Conqueror's Evil movie. Uh, It's Return to Halloween Down. (laughs) So it's definitely better than that. Because that I gave a one and you gave a one five. So yeah, this is definitely better than that one. Xenon is equal. We have for fight for what you think is right. I have it a seven and you have it a seven five. So what are we going for for our like official? Are we doing 
good kind? I thought it was good always wins out in the end. Okay, good. Just making sure. Yeah. Cheetah Girls 2, you can find success success both as a group and solo. I am at a 6-2-5. You have much lower to 5-5. Which is probably better, honestly. (laughs) Descendants moral is the magic of the heroes is stronger than the poison of the villains. It's kind of Yeah, oh, that one. That's right. That one I feel like we have way higher. Yeah, it's though. an eight. I uh, we both have one at eight two fives. Yeah, that's which is high, definitely higher compared to this movie. Hmm. You know what? What? Cloud nine. Nothing's impossible. That's exactly what I want to match it up. First of all, I feel like the whole I feel like the whole premise of the show is about nothing's impossible, but the show does it better again. Yeah. And so I feel like a five seven five. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it does a really good job with the moral. I don't think it's the right moral to do here. I think there are a lot of other morals that they do within the show. Like I feel like this should have been a movie about like expectations or I don't know, just yeah. something else. Oh man, I'm really struggling with finding something I want to like put this near. Yeah, and you obviously do not have to base that off of anything that I just said. <laughs> yeah. uh, the moral of Upside Down Magic. Be the so most bad. of something you can be. <laughs> That's a line from the movie, I'm yep, pretty it sure. Was. Yeah, yeah. It's so awful. I forgot about some of these morals. <laughs> What's crazy is that we've watched movies after that movie where I'm like, Oh, I would definitely watch that movie before I watch this one. And I'm pretty sure we still ranked those movies higher. And I'm like, well, well. yeah. <laughs> Here, this is what I'm going to compare it to. Um, Up, up and away. You don't have yeah. to have superpowers to be a superhero. Sure. 6.25. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'll do. Yeah, it's just, it's, it makes sense. But also in this show's context, that happens in every episode. Mm-hmm. So making it the overarching moral for this movie is a weird choice. Yeah. Because there is the whole idea of, like, working together, you know, working as a team, but then they kind of don't really work as a team. They kind of do kind of split off into, oh, Baojit's using this old invention, and they're using this invention, and this and that and the other thing. And it's like, okay, so you're working as a team, but also not as a team. Yeah. <laughs> You're all just working in the same area, but you're doing your own singular things with the end goal. You're just working in a company. Like, you're just, this is, you guys are just in your initiative at your company. You know. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um. Yeah, I'm much more interested. I, I will keep my opinion on what I'm going to grade it to myself, mostly because I don't know yet. Yeah. Um, and I really don't want to, I don't want to sway you in any way because I do still think this is a fun movie. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm being a little bit harsh on it. Like, I'm yeah. not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hide the fact that I'm being a little bit, I'm, I'm, I'm being the buzzkill here. No. It's just because I like the show so, so, so much. It yeah. got me through college. And like I said before, I sh- probably should watch the show because I did like the movie. So if I like the movie, I'll probably like the show even better. But there were mm-hmm. a lot of jokes in this movie that I, like, laughed at you did and, laugh you yeah. laughed at a lot of stuff yeah. i even, i wrote a lot of them down to the whole like uh when they were playing badminton and they're like oh put a net between them and play badminton and they were like oh who's a net and it took me a minute i'm like oh a net haha 
Yeah. And then, like, when Phineas is like, oh, do you have a key? And then Ferb just plays his little harmonica and, like, plays a key. <laughs> I'm like, aha, that's funny. And no, a lot of kids probably don't get that. But it's the same with the Georgia O'Keeffe one. Like, oh, get me. I'm a Georgia O'Keeffe painting. And I'm like, oh, oh the- Kira, would, Kira would understand <laughs> that as a child, but most children wouldn't. Oh, that was really funny. Yeah, someone was wearing a cow skull, and they're like, look, I'm a George O'Keefe painting. And I have a really funny story about George O'Keefe. So when I was really young, like five, there was a George O'Keefe exhibit in, like, the Milwaukee Art Museum. And we had been studying George O'Keefe at my elementary school art class. And we went. And my mom took me, and we went. And at the end of the exhibit, she was like, wow, did you like the George O'Keefe exhibit? And I just went, yeah. And my mom was like, oh, no, what's wrong? And I was just like, well, I really wanted to meet George (laughs) O'Keefe. And my mom's like, well, she's dead. Yeah, so you won't be meeting her. (laughs) Yeah, I really like her cow skull painting. I've seen it a lot. I'm not a huge fan of the flowers. Uh, I think that they get kind of repetitive. Yeah. But I do love, I like her still lifes a lot. But that's beside the point. So yes, I would have gotten that joke and I would have thought it was really funny. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. I think I know where I want to put this one. But I'm also looking at, so I'm thinking I probably want to do it like a high A minus because I'm looking at Kim Possible that we did. And I also have that at an A minus, but I think I like this one more than that. So I'm just looking. I know. (laughs) Well, I debate. I'm like, well, I could even give this one an A. But I'm like, does it, is it on the same level as my other A movies? I'm like, I don't know. Because my A movies go back to the top teen beach movie i have that one at an a but what number a do i have it but then like scream team i have at an a minus and i liked that one too (sighs) i'm curious i'm so curious to see where you're gonna put this movie (laughs) cadet kelly i have at an a minus right on oh right on track i have at an a Wendy Wu A minus. Do I just put it at an, a low A? What would that be? 91. But then again, if I'm considering the moral into this one, didn't put that one as high. Okay, I think I'm going to settle with the highest A minus, which is a 90. All right, you're so much kinder to this movie than I. Am. Not so much. Not so <laughs> that's much. That's not that... not a surprise, though. That's God. This is gonna make it. If someone looks at this outright, they're gonna be like, "Oh my God, she hates me even for him." It's like, no, no I'm so but much it's more critical. You like it, yeah. I'm so much more critical about yeah, this because of how much I be, like the show. To be fair, like, I mean, I, that's like the Proud Family, where it's like it had like potential with the show that I liked, but this one is hard for me because I haven't seen the show and I liked the movie. <laughs> so. I mentioned this offhand, but I, this show really did help me get through college. Like, I had a tough college experience, and this show added a lot of brevity to some of the darker times in my life, and so it's very, very important to me. And so this show kind of brushing off some of these moments that are really, really well done in the show, I was like, oh, that's sad. I don't like that. But it's only sad for me. But... The movie that I found that I was like, ah, this is a round where I was thinking of giving it anyway. This is exactly the score I want to equate it to. And that is The Luck of the Irish, 
which mm. I have at a B at a 71. Yeah. Because it is sense. where it's like I have these different expectations for this movie because of how important the source material is, which in the case of Luck of the Irish, source material is the thing itself. Yeah. But it didn't live up to those expectations that I would I had in my head. And so it's this kind of juxtaposition where it's like, it's not a bad it's not bad. It's mm-hmm. really not. But it's just not what I was expecting it to be. So I can't it's really hard for me to grade it without that bias. Yeah. That makes sense. And I do think that this is a B B ish movie anyway. I think I do want to watch the Candace takes over the world or whatever it is. Yeah, I was just gonna ask if you were planning to watch the other Phineas and Ferb. Not for a while because I wanna re- I wanna refinish the show because I'm I think I I've I've started started and stopped it on and off, uh which is fine, but I'm I wanna like get through all of it again. Yeah. Because there's some episodes that I haven't gone to yet that are really fun. Like there's this whole episode where they're like trying to find this like mysterious creature and it turns out to be like an old timey set of swimsuit like a swimsuit <laughs> it's really weird it's 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 such a weird show and i love it but i do still recommend this show like it's, yeah. it's and this movie like it's not and the, the odd thing is now, like, I don't rec- I don't know if I recommend watching the show before watching this movie, though, which I think is part of the reason why the movie is like it is, because they wanted it to be a foray into the show and not vice versa, mm-hmm. which is interesting. But anyway. Anyway. Um, my very obvious decommission is to watch the show. <laughs> yeah. That'll be my mission. And then it will be interesting, like I said earlier, to see how I'd feel about the scores after I watch the show. Mm-hmm. Did you give it a know, number? Are you doing one. the same exact number? 71, yeah. The, yeah, okay. Cool. Oh, what's my decom mission? Uh, I mean, obviously, I'd like to watch the show, too, so I'm going to take yeah. that mission personally for myself. Um, it's all on Disney Plus too. Yeah, which is nice. Maybe uh, if you can go to an art museum and see some Georgia O'Keeffe paintings. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Since we were talking, she's about at Georgia a lot O'Keefe. of museums. She's pretty well art known. Institute when... of Chicago. I know I, we've seen her stuff there. Yeah, she's in the contemporary section, so I can describe exactly where her stuff is there because <laughs> she's not in the modern art. Because modern art is modern art. Yeah. Like, modern art is very different. Yeah. Um, the contemporary art is where you find, like, American, American Gothic and Nighthawks and all of the stuff from, like, the 50s. Um, and she's over in that area. Yep. If she's not on tour, basically. Yeah. But the skull there is there. last month. And, yeah, they still, have, there. they still have a lot of her stuff there. I haven't been there since 20. 20- 18 so it's been a while oh no i think i went in 2020 i don't so know but i get I... lost every time i go to that museum <laughs> without like you or your mom because <laughs> i think the first couple times i did go with like one of you or both of you and then i tried going by myself and i was like i'm it... lost and then the map is like it's a, a it's nice a map, map but it's like i'm trying to figure out like which direction is which and it's hard when you haven't been there that often there there is still a part of it that I get a little bit lost in, um, which is on the first floor to the right. Mm-hmm. There's like a little bit of an area where I'm like, uh, where where in the heck am I? But it's 
it, I, I still know, like, the overall skeletal structure of it. Yeah. Because sometimes it's hard because you have to, like, go up or down in order to get to certain... Like, if you're on the second level, but you want to get, like, over to, like, the uh, the armor section. Like, sometimes you would have to, like, go down and then go back up. The armor section is right at the front of the first floor after you go through the, like, main section. If anyone cares. Yeah. That's just an... Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I ended up there somehow, but do I know how? No. <laughs> So the Art Institute of Chicago is shockingly in Chicago, um, and they have the, you know, Sunday in the Park with George, the Le Grand Jean, and it's thought that, you know, uh, Seurat pointillism painting where everyone's, like, on a, you know, park mm-hmm. in front of a river or whatever. Um, it's in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which is a very famous Chicago-based movie, and it is no longer in the same place that it was in that movie, but when I remember when I was like eleven, I went and it was still in that spot. I had not seen Ferris Bueller at that point, but I still think it's in that spot. So you go there but and you're instead, like, where is it? No, I know exactly where it is because they moved it into a more forward place because they want people to go and see it. Mm-hmm. But now it's just it's not it's very crowded. It is. Now. Yeah. Where it was before was a very it was in the center of like a very open room and now it's like behind a wall. Yeah, so on the second floor of the Art Institute, you, like, go into this windowed area, which has the Impressionism stuff, and then you walk down behind the first wall, and there it is, and there's, like, a ramp and stuff, and there's, like, multiple ways to get into it, but it's still, like, very crowded Mm -hmm. and very dark, and I don't, I don't like it. I don't like where it is now. It's the same thing how I feel about the Chagall windows, which are these beautiful stained glass windows by Marc Chagall. There's no light that gets in them now. They used to be, like... You would go up stairs and there'd be the Chagall window and now and, and they would have light and you'd be able to see light come through a stained glass window yeah. and now the, there's no light. It's in this corner tucked away. Who thought that was okay? Yeah. Like I just, it's such an odd decision and it's never going to move. It's a stained glass painting. Yep. They're not going to move that for a long time. Yep. Oi. Anyway, so <laughs> addendum to the, if you can see any George O'Keefe is, you know, asterisk. Plus, if you're in Chicago at any point, please go to the Art Institute of Chicago because it is my favorite museum in the world. Yeah. So much stuff to but, see. You could spend easily all day there and not see everything. Yeah. So. At least a full afternoon or morning. Yeah. Uh, next week is our last animated movie. It's going to be the Tangled, quote-unquote, Disney Channel original movie. And I meant I, I quoted-unquoted before I was going to say D- Disney Channel original movie. I was going to say movie because it's... It's short. 50 minutes it's a it's a it's a it's a preamble to the tangled show which is fine but it does technically count as a disney channel original movie but it's only 45 minutes long but it is fun yeah. i liked it when i watched it you know five years ago or whatever so i say i know i've watched it before as well so that's so. that's probably why i was thinking of it earlier because it's like i have seen it but i can't like remember how i felt about it so yeah yeah but we'll then, get a re- we'll get a little refresher next week. Yeah, and then after that we'll take a break, and then we'll start season, season five, which is Halloween stuff Yay. to start. So I'm excited. Clearly, favorite holiday. Yeah. So yeah. Well, we'll see you for that one. <laughs>